Welcome to the Trash Cats Trash Cast. I'm Richard. I'm Steven. And today we are discussing the recent Alec Baldwin incident. Some would call it murder, while others would call it a tragic accident. Today the Trash Cats are going to get to the bottom of it and discuss why it matters. Hang tight, this one's going to be a rocky ride. Oh yeah, this is a, it's an interesting one. It's juicy, for sure. Yeah, a um, lot of information, and probably even by the time that this episode actually comes out, there's probably going to be new shit, but... Yeah, and um, we, we've waited a while, I think... I yeah, think it's been at least a month, right? I Yeah, and I think it was good we did, because there's a lot of bold opinions on both sides of this, and... We're definitely going to joke a bit, but I, we're going to try to give a, a moderate perspective on this. So. Yeah. Well, uh, how was your week? Uh, week's been pretty good. Um, uh, uh, not eventful, but that's okay. Good. Um, not eventful. Uneventful. Not eventful is not a word. It is not. Um, yeah, it's um, well, nothing to write home about. What you got going on? I've always liked that phrase, nothing to write home about. No news is good news. It's I don't know, but it's kind of a romantic uh, phrase. Oh you know? wh- wait, what am I saying? Happy birthday, Dad! It's my dad's birthday uh, uh, earlier yeah. this week, and I uh, I didn't. Um, I should have put it on last week's episode because then he would have heard it before his birthday. But now it's <laughs> that's how she goes. He's one of our favorite trash cats. He is, man. Happy I I birthday. like seeing um, when we get our analytics back when it shows Florida. There's yeah. like, a whole area. Where, like, he listens to it in his van while he's, like, driving places to work. And um, he's, you know, there's, like, a whole area spread that's, like, just in that area where he lives. and <laughs> So that doll, doll pops up on his. That's awesome. Very uh, cool. How's your week been? Uh, it's been okay. Better than the last couple. Been uh, feeling a little bit better. Chilling. Uh, got some really cool art on the way. And uh, I'm very excited. I got a tattoo appointment coming up. Ooh, what you getting? I'm getting the whole back piece. I'm going to be getting it tattooed every three weeks for the next six months to a year. So I All am right. beyond excited. All yeah. right, fucking go for it, dog. Filling square feet of my skin <laughs> in black ink. I'm so psyched. Uh, I'll show you the design here in a bit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do. Uh, like I'll I'll give you uh the sneak peek, but I'm gonna try to do it as like a big big reveal. I don't want to tell many people I'm getting it done until I got the whole thing done because it's gonna be nice. some brutal shit. Hell yeah! Speaking of brutal stuff, I got some honorables. Should I go with it? Yeah, man, kick it off. All right, this first one, I I got reminded of this man's work. Because uh, we were looking at the artist Necro Six, I believe, last week, mm-hmm. and uh, that artist does digital uh, collage graphic design that looks very similar to Chris Kulski's work. Kooksy, Kooksy. Um, this is like one of my old favorite artists. Yeah, this stuff. Wow, he does these massive sculptures right you have to imagine these big sculptures but they're all made out of miniatures like found like action figures the little plastic sculptures and he creates a collage of sculptures to make these beautiful shrines that are so intricate and it's not like uh it like a random assortment it's like 
a beautifully crafted piece. Everything's painted in the same tones, and it just feels just... Uh, it's. I remember the first time seeing this dude's work, and just my mind was blown. Yeah, I can definitely see some influence yeah. on, on your work. Uh, and I've definitely seen his work before. Um, it, it is, it's just absolutely beautiful sculpture. And I, it's, it's really, it's the kind of sculpture that I really, I, I like it because I feel like it's something I, I, I feel like I could do something like this if I really applied myself. I could see it. Um, cause this is, this is like a type of, um, like found objects and, and, you know, not even just found objects, but like. I don't know, crafting details like that. I always mentioned before that like subtractive sculpture is not my mm-hmm. thing. I just can't get Same. with that. Um, but I really like his, his, uh, compositions and like the theming of it. It's all gorgeous shit. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's obviously so much technique in the construction, but to your point, it's less about, um, the artistic technique of being able to draw something or create something that isn't there. It's more about artistic vision to be able to, to use things from the world to create something new. And that's, that's what I love so much about my form of art. And that's, that's part of what I love about his, um, just the, it's just incredible worlds to discover. Like I, I can only imagine in person, they would be so much, more amazing too right um yeah really cool check out his work uh if you want to look him up his name is spelled k-r-i-s and k-u-s k-u-k-s-i uh check him out uh the the second link of his if you got a chance is this piece (laughs) it's uh it's so cool this is how i was introduced to him they're um sculptures of churches as tanks this is fucking great so brutal yeah that's definitely worth checking out all right uh next next honorable mention is i mentioned it last week the robotic sculpture of blood (laughs) i have a link to it uh a large robotic arm futilely tries to clean blood red mess in art installation the piece is titled Can't Help Myself. Um, this uh, art installation was on the floor of the Guggenheim. Um, it's by Sun Yang and Peng Yu. And it's this robotic arm working on an algorithm with like a squeegee slash shovel arm as it swoops a, a pool of blood that is on the base of the floor trying to keep all the blood in the center as it flows away. And over the course of the exhibit, you see the robotic arm cover this white room in blood splatter. It's just beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's really something else. It's, it's mesmerizing the watch, right? <laughs> it's gory, but it's elegant. It, you got to watch the video. Whoever, if you guys look it up, please check out this video. It's, it's wild. I can definitely picture like some classical music in the background would make this like <sighs> just a super chill time. Like just put this on a loop for 10 hours on YouTube. That's some American psycho shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
last one. Um, so it's it's kind of we had our first taste of winter both in uh, Cincy and Detroit this last week. So this is the piece that captures it for me. Um, the piece is titled Monastery Burial Grounds Under Snow from 1819 by the artist Casper David Friedrich. And uh, this is kind of the original or like the strongest example of it in my mind of those old gothy paintings of a broken cathedral in the woods. I yeah. know you guys know what I'm talking about. This, this is the classic one. Yeah, it's it's really. I, I definitely feel the winter, and not just because of the snow on the ground, but the um, the white and light blue, and like yes. gray scale shit going on. And then there's like this warmth in the the, the tone of the church, of the cathedral. It's just in the the stream of cultists <laughs> yeah. going in to make their sacrifice. I will say, if uh, if you look it up on the internet, it is one of the tricky ones. A lot of these older paintings, for whatever reason, there's a million different versions. And some of that's because the original uh, like underpaintings or sketches or duplicates were also released. And then people edit different versions of the colors. Uh, some versions make it look really flat, but I, I believe this is the version most true to the original and I, it's just so bold uh the colors gorgeous it's just so so brutal actually it reminds me i have um i think i sent you pictures earlier this season of um my bathroom that i redid yes and i had those um i have two little vases on either side of the mirror in the bathroom and i had um for fall i had um orange and black flowers in there no um, fake ones but and then uh, oh, I had it was black roses and then like maple leaves, um, and then I had um, I decided I want to change that with the seasons, trying to like you know keep keep it a little bit fresh because my bathroom's like black and white anyways. That's kind of the reason I went with like neutral colors throughout my house so I can let the art let something else be the color and you can yeah. move it around and change it to change the entire feel of the room. Um, so I got uh. Hit up Dollar Tree. If you're looking for fake flowers, go to Dollar Tree. <laughs> They're like $15 at Michael's for something that's a dollar at Dollar Tree. Fuck yeah. Life um, hack. Yeah. And I <laughs> found some that are like light blue and white. And I was like, oh, that's crispy for oh, you got winter it, time. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I can't imagine having a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> a bathroom that I decorate. It yeah. sounds pleasant. But having a bathroom alone would be pretty nice. I'm out I've here. Going, I've been going out behind the shed for, for five years. <laughs> I'm recording this podcast in the woods. It's so cold. <laughs> All I have is an extension cord. We, we used to have a bathroom, but we don't go in there anymore. <laughs> and not since the accident. <laughs> not since the accident. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. So, well, speaking of accidents, <laughs> yeah, oh, fun. <laughs> oh uh, god, damn it! This is gonna be a, a tricky one. Uh, I think we'll we'll get through it though. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm only worried because I know I know I'm gonna make jokes. I'm gonna want to make jokes on not on everything, and I'm sure we're gonna get into it. I'm gonna get depressed again a little bit, <laughs> but <laughs> right now I'm in a good mood, and I. <laughs> Fuck it. We all uh, die eventually. It's, it's, a, 
It's our podcast. It's a good way to go, right? If, if you want the actual news, you can read it somewhere. <laughs> if you want to hear two shitbirds talk about it. This is the fucking place. You're here. So, love him or hate him, we all know Alec Baldwin. Uh, what do, you, do you have any opinions we need to air out? Um. I, I don't really know much about him. I've seen him in like a couple SNL skits and that I didn't think were all that bad. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I, I really like 30 rock. Um, That's fun. Yeah. Um, since I do like Tracy Morgan, I feel like we're on a three week, we oh, were on two God. week in a row of I don't, talking about Tracy Morgan. And I, I figured this I would don't be a know great how. moment to just bring it in one more time. <laughs> I don't know how Tracy Morgan keeps making it into my podcast. <laughs> Well, the the comedy is uh, you get the rule of threes, so we bring it up one more time. That's all. Sure, um, sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know him from much else. He, so he does some funny stuff, but I, I've never been uh, much of a fan of Baldwin. I don't feel strongly um, against him though. I just you just kind of seem like a an old person actor. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the type yeah. of like your uh your aunts would be like, Oh, Alec Baldwin kind of thing. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. He yeah. says some funny stuff, but his his like dryness or whatever just doesn't it's nothing groundbreaking, right? Can I can I be totally honest and say that I used to get him confused with Travolta a lot? Travolta's way better and way crazier. Yeah, he's fucking wild crazy. <laughs> um, the um just cause they, they look not they, alike, but kind of similar enough that they have a similar vibe. Before, but definitely before I see, I uh, watched Pulp Fiction, um, and I realized like, oh, this is John Travolta, and I, you remember that at that point. But um, what do you before think that? The, I, I would get him confused a bunch. What do you think was in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? <sighs> <laughs> it was I heroin. Know. I know it was. <laughs> I don't know. They, they, the, I don't, I, I was going to say, they react in a way that it's, but then there's the one where, like, is that what I think it is? And it's like, it's like they know what it is, but it's fucking plutonium. It's the only reason it glows. But no one would know, no one would, would reply, is that what I think it is? Because no one looks at a, a, even if it's a thing that you've never seen before and been like, oh, is that plutonium? I could see it being, uh, so definitely something illegal, like some blackmail photos or something weird. They just put some LEDs in there to keep it fresh. <laughs> so, should we do it? Yeah, let's go. Um, so, to preface this, we did choose to wait a bit, like we said, um, to address the story for a few reasons. First of all, because it was breaking news, all the facts weren't out yet. Um, and while they still do not know or have public, not publicly stated all the details... Uh, there's a lot more info out there now than there was initially, yeah. and we wanted to avoid jumping to any conclusions. Uh, this is one of the rare situations around a shooting where it's also public and highly witnessed. Uh, all of the information in question is likely to come out in time, um, so we wanted to make sure that we gave it the proper respect. Yeah, that is what's particularly interesting. Like when you look at um, like m- past movie scene deaths, like uh, Brandon Lee, The Crow, whatever, like. You know, like a random public shooting, it might get highly publicized, but oftentimes most of the information never comes public. But this likely will. So there were so many people online, just 
being really nasty and just from one side or another jumping to conclusions and like the information's bound to come out there's so many lawsuits possible criminal charges We'll, we'll find out eventually so we didn't find it relevant to go very far into Baldwin's past but unfortunately this incident has become so politicized that some of his personal views are being scrutinized Baldwin has long been outspokenly opposed to guns, the NRA, and gun violence. On SNL, he betrayed a caricature of Trump. Mr. Trump, same question. Do you feel you're modeling appropriate and positive behavior for today's youth? No, next. <laughs> so you don't care about the kids? Anderson, I love the kids, okay? I love them so much I marry them. He did that. He, he was okay as Trump. I don't, I don't think he was great, but... I don't think I even ever saw that. It, it's goofy. There was just so many people doing Trump impersonations. Of course. It's like, eh. Uh, it goes without saying that these factors made Alec an enemy to the right political sphere. And while none of this should matter at all in our world today, unfortunately, it really fucking does. And that's... Really frustrating. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a look at the setting in which this occurred. Uh, then we're going to walk through the timeline of events. And then we're going to listen to the rest of the 911 call and other uh, relevant evidence about fallout uh, after, the, after the fact. Are you ready, Watson? Yeah, man. Let's, Detec- get, uh, let's get it popping. Do you want the detective hat or the lawyer hat? Oh, uh, detective, absolutely. Okay. The, the little one with the, the button on top and the sides that fold down? Of course. And I will yeah. be the bird lawyer, specialist in bird law. <laughs> <laughs> so, the setting. On October 21st, producer slash actor Alec Baldwin shot and killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins and wounded director Joel Souza on the set of their movie, Rust. Baldwin was rehearsing a scene on the New Mexico set when he pulled the trigger, hitting two individuals. The Santa Fe County Sheriff's Department is currently investigating the incident. The crew and cast were filming the Western period drama at Bonanza Creek Ranch outside Santa Fe, New Mexico. As an aside note, supposedly the movie's plot revolves around an accidental shooting as well. That's kind of wild. I'm curious if that's actually the case or if people are editing the wiki. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Also possible. It's a conspiracy, that's for sure. We'll fi- we'll find out when the, I guess we'll find out when the movie's out, right? Mm-hmm. The, well, here's here's what we uh, got for the uh, the summary of uh, the movie was uh, in 1880s Kansas, outlaw Harlan Rust rescues his 13 year old grandson Lucas, who has been sentenced to hang for murder after an accidental shooting. Now fugitives, the pair have to outrun U.S. Marshal Wood Helm and bounty hunter Fenton Preacher Lang. All right, that sounds kind of legit, actually. <laughs> um, I did find out this is completely aside from the aside. Um, Fenton <laughs> Fenton Lang is played by um, goddamn, what's his name? The guy that plays uh, Ragnar in Vikings. Oh, I like him a lot. Yeah. Have you made it through all Vikings? Yes. Uh, I'm I'm like missing a few episodes, but uh, anyway, did I'm, I'm considering going back and watching it when you're done with Fringe. Yeah, yeah, both very good. Uh, Here's a moment-by-moment breakdown of what happened based on search warrants, affidavits, and 911 calls. This has all been in the news. Yeah. Um, So, 6.30 a.m. on Thursday. A typical morning starts with breakfast, but that day the set was running behind schedule. 
Several of the camera crew walked off the job after days of arguing with the production company over lodging accommodations and working hours. Keep in mind, this was at the height of the film entertainment industry strikes, and supposedly the original crew was replaced with scabs mid-production due to these issues. I wrote that word scabs. It's kind of a kind of has a bad connotation, but it this the strike. Everyone knows what you mean, though. Yeah, the strike very well may have played quite a role in this, and that that's going to be interesting to see how that comes out. Even if it's not the strike directly, just the stress and working conditions on set. So, the LA Times reported that the crew members accused the production of not properly following safety protocols, including the gun inspections. The workers claimed that there were two accidental gun discharges on the set before, with Baldwin's stunt double allegedly firing a gun that was announced as cold, only to find a live round in it. Supposedly, cast members have even been openly plinking cans for target practice with live rounds, during the previous weeks as a way to kill time between shots. This is not something that would be acceptable on a typical movie shoot. Live ammo is not supposed to be anywhere near the film site at all. Like that That's such a breach alone. So as of today, um, there is a new lawsuit out that is, um, mm-hmm. that alleges that uh, at some point before the you know shooting happened there, um, the prop master had shot themselves in the foot. Whoa. And that's just coming out now? Yeah. Well, it's, it's alleged. Yeah. I don't know, but that's a hard one to, to, to fake if it's not true. Interesting. And it's been about a month now, right? So Yeah. Wow. Big twists and turns ahead. And we'll get into more of these lawsuits here in a minute, too. Uh, a crew member uh, alleged to the LA Times there should have been an investigation into what happened. There were no safety meetings. There was no assurance that it wouldn't happen again. All he wanted to do was rush, rush, rush. Wow. So I have very limited experience, but I've done um, a lo- not a lot, but a decent amount of like live production stuff for concerts, some of which were bigger bands like I did. A Guns N' Roses uh, stage crew setup. I did a handful of festivals, random shit like that. It is staggering how um, unsafe <laughs> work, working conditions were. Really, like you'd you'd like these companies that do production. Not always, but often they just don't give a shit at all. They'll have you climb stuff. You'll be on wires or like. Unprotected, no safety vests, like all kinds of shit. That I would be very nervous around guns on um, many situations like this. Supposedly, most movie sets are really fucking good, though. So this supposedly is an exception to the rule. But I don't know. Around noon, while shooting at the set of an old church, the crew and cast break for lunch and then return to set. Souza said in a warrant that casting crew prepared the scene before lunch and then had their meal away from the shooting location around 12.30 p.m. According to a search warrant executed by Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office, Baldwin and the crew were setting up a shot that required Baldwin to cross-draw a revolver and point the weapon at the camera. 
However, because of a shadow that was coming into the church structure from the light outside, the camera had to be adjusted to a different angle. It's always the lighting. (laughs) Souza said three people were handling the gun for the scene. Armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed reportedly handled prop guns left on a cart outside the structure they were going to shoot shoot in due to coronavirus restrictions. Assistant Director Dave Halls handed one of those guns to Baldwin. According to Santa Fe Court, Halls announced that it was a cold gun before giving it to to the actor Baldwin. That There are some uh, contesting accounts of that, but that is largely believed to be true so far. Mm-hmm. As a result, Baldwin and the two people who were wounded believed the firearm was safe to use in the staging of the scene. Both the director and Russell noted that cameras were not rolling at the time as they were still steady, setting up the shot. Now, what could be, we very well may find out later, they said they were not rolling. But if you're on a movie set, even if the, your primary cameras aren't rolling, there's rarely a time that there is no camera going. Even if someone's just documenting for insurance reasons, for prostitution, posterity like behind the scenes like there's almost always a camera going so i i don't know i think it's very possible we find out eventually that there is some sort of footage mm-hmm. uh Sousa said there he was not sure if the gun was checked again when everyone returned from lunch however he since stated that firearms are supposed to be checked by the armorer followed by the assistant director before handing them to the actor Souza said he was not sure if people were checked for live ammunition on their person, but stated that live ammunition should not have been anywhere near the scene. And I've since seen that uh, there are other people that are saying that the assistant director shouldn't have been handling the gun at all. It should have been the armorer, uh, either the armorer straight to the actor or the armorer to the prop master to to the actor. To the actor. So and, they, and there's also uh, things coming out, and I'm not sure what the protocol is on this, that are saying that all three of those people are responsible for checking the gun. Right. And this is where it gets very confusing. So if you've watched the news about this, you basically can get some professional, whether they're an armor or an actor with um, gun experience on a film, you can get someone to uh, attest that XYZ is the protocol, right? Mm -hmm. And the reality is each film will have their own separate production rules with that. So uh, it sounds like they're claiming for this this production company, for the, the, the Rust movie, it should have been the armorer, then the assistant director, and then Baldwin. We don't really know if that's actually what was supposed to happen yet. Um, That's for sure going to come out because that's like the direct chain of responsibility. Um, I've often heard the assistant director also doesn't check. And there are many things. It's possible that the assistant director was stepping in because the prop master had shot themselves in the foot. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And oftentimes... My understanding is the act, they don't want the actor to like fiddle with the gun at all. Like some films, like the actor has the okay to check or that they show the actor it's a dummy round or not loaded with real ammo. 
mm-hmm. or anyone the gun may be pointed at gets to visibly see, but oftentimes the actor has like very strict instructions not to to check at all. Like if you're told it's cold, you should be okay to go. Yeah. So it really comes down to the specific rules of this production company and set, which we'll, we'll find out soon enough. Uh, Baldwin was working with the director and the cinematographer, demonstrating how he was going to draw his revolver from the holster when his arm would be... Eh. Baldwin was working with the director and the cinematographer, demonstrating how he was going to draw his revolver from his holster and where his arm would be for the new shot. While demonstrating, the firearm went off. I, I, To be honest, I kind of don't like when articles use the terminology the firearm went off it's yeah kind of, it's bullshit like yeah the, he pulled the trigger yeah regardless of where the ultimate responsibility is we're we're going to discuss the morals or whatever of it he pulled the trigger it's not and like it guns just shoot themselves there is so also th- this has been stated on a different lawsuit but also today came out that um the the firearm didn't need to be shot. Didn't need the the trigger never needed to be pulled for the scene that he was in. Yeah. Um, yet it was still it was cocked. It shouldn't have been cocked at all because he was just rehearsing. Yeah. Right. Well, one, he was just rehearsing, but two, he wasn't gonna pull the trigger anyway. Right for that scene. Yeah. Right. So. uh Jules Souza, the director, uh, told deputies he was watching the scene through monitors when he heard what sounded like a whip and then a loud pop. He saw Hutchins stumble backward and clutch her stomach. Souza was standing next to her. She was assisted to the ground by other crew members, and camera operator Reed Russell recalls Hutchins saying she could not feel her legs. That's fucking brutal, man. Yeah. If... To anyone who's not familiar, the sound of a gun is so much fucking louder than you ever think it'll be. It's, mm. God, that, I can only imagine on a set how scary that would be. It's shocking. You would when never you're not even, expecting it. Yeah, you would never think that's even a, like, rem- have a remote chance of happening. Uh, Baldwin, meanwhile, was reportedly shocked after the gun went off and continued to repeat the phrase, what the fuck just happened? Only one round was discharged, and it grazed Sousa, but fatally hit Hudgens in her shoulder. Damn. Uh, Bonanza Creek Ranch has had two people accidentally shot on a movie set by a prop gun. We need help immediately. Okay. Bonanza Creek Ranch, come on. So was it loaded with a real bullet or one? We don't, I, don't, I cannot tell you that. Okay. Is there any serious bleeding? I don't know. I ran out of the building. But we That's need fine. It. I still have to go through these, okay? Are they completely alert? We don't know. Maybe? Hello? Hi. I have a protocol of questions I need to ask. If you can just answer them the best you can, okay? Are they completely alert? Um, yeah, they, they are alert. Okay. What part of the body was injured? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not in there. Okay, um, fine. Is there more than one wound? Uh, I think there's one on 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 two indi- individuals. One wound on two individuals. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm sending the ambulance. Help you now, Stanley. I'll see exactly what to do next. Okay. Okay. Um, 
The 911 call was made by the film's script supervisor. She told the dispatcher, Two people have been accidentally shot on a movie set by a prop gun. We need help immediately. Uh, per the 911 call, a director and a camerawoman have been shot. A press release from the Santa Fe Sheriff's Department said deputies were dispatched to set around 1.50 p.m. local time, and then the call indicated that an individual had been shot. Uh, why this happened is the question investigators are still trying to answer. Uh, many of those present on set, including Baldwin, have insisted the assistant director called out cold gun when handing Baldwin the weapon. Cold means no ammunition is in the gun. A detective declared that the crew member did not know that live rounds were in the prop gun. I I really do think, um, man, it, it's hard to say for certain, but if you say the gun is cold... And the and the actor is not supposed to check. Man, that person holds a lot of responsibility. If if I hand my friend a gun and I tell him it's not loaded, and he shoots himself in the leg, that's my fault, right? Or even even just you know you hand someone a uh, the, a hot pan, and you tell them it's it's not hot, cold cold yeah, pan. It's a cold pan, and then oh, they burn themselves. Hot on pan, it. gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> fucked fucking gotcha (laughs) fourth degree burns gotcha fourth degree burns (laughs) it's a rough one (laughs) some mcdonald's shit right there um hutchins was transported via helicopter to the university of new mexico hospital in albuquerque where she did later die um souza was transported by ambulance to crisis saint vincent hospital uh, where he was later released So that's kind of the story for now. A lot more of the details and specifics of the chain of command, which is what's going to be really important. Um, That's often, uh, or we believe that's going to continue coming out during the legal fallouts, be it the criminal court, potential criminal court cases of Baldwin um, or the other people or the civil lawsuits. So police have currently have not currently decided if any criminal charges will be levied against Baldwin or any of the crew members, but in the meantime, the civil lawsuits have already begun. Uh, Serge Fetnoy, the head of lighting on the film Rust, filed a lawsuit over Alec Baldwin's fatal shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins, alleging negligence that caused him severe emotional distress that will haunt him forever. He said in the suit that the bullet that killed his close friend Hutchins narrowly missed him, and he, he held her head as she died. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, the lawsuit filed in Los Angeles Superior Court names nearly two dozen defendants associated with the film, including Baldwin, who was both star and a producer, David Halls, the assistant director who handed Baldwin the gun, and Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who was in charge of the weapons on set. It was the ninth film that Svetnoy and Hutchins had worked on together, and he had taken the job at low pay because she asked him to. Uh, he's quoted as saying, she was my friend. Um, and he has also said that he had seen guns sitting unattended in the dirt a few days earlier on the shoot and had warned people, excuse me, warned the people responsible about them. Those are such red flags. Fuck. Yeah. I, the thing is, I, I can really understand in a way, like, it seems like common sense or like basic, like, gun safety but all the people i i would imagine no one 
thought of those guns as real guns, even though they should have been, you know? Mm -hmm. It's really the ammo that makes the difference. Like, how that ammo ended up on both on set and in that gun, I think is, like, the most important factor. What you're saying is, guns don't kill people, bullets kill people. (laughs) Dude, I hate how cliche that, like... (laughs) That, you know, guns don't kill people, people kill people. But it's like, how the fuck are you going to blame an object? I don't know. It's yeah. like, we all make fucking choices. Like, yeah. Guns don't. Yeah, we do. Uh, according to the lawsuit, on the day of the shooting, he was setting up lighting within six or seven meters, six or seven feet, sorry, two meters of Baldwin. This is the lighting guy, uh, Svetnoy. Um, he felt a strange and terrifying whoosh of what felt like pressurized air from his right. He felt what he believed was gunpowder and other residual materials directly strike the right side of his face. Then, with his glasses scratched and his hearing muffled, he knelt to help Hutchins. The lawsuit seeks both compensatory and punitive damages to be determined later. It was filed in Los Angeles County because the plaintiff and most of the defendants are based there. So I will mention real quick, even when they're shooting on set, they use uh, what are called squid rounds or blanks, right? Right. And even when they're using those rounds, which supposedly are either marked on the butt end of the bullet or um, have... Uh, a couple BBs inside of it, like very like in the shell casing, so you can hear that it's a dummy round. So they're su- supposed to be easier to identify, right? But even at like a proper blank is used for filming because it gives it looks better on film. It gives some mm-hmm. pushback, but the reason it gives pushback is it still has gunpowder, even right. if it's less and there's no actual bullet, it still has a highly pressurized explosion. So even when they're using the blank rounds, they often have to have protective glass or uh, people have to be a certain distance away or wear safety uh, shit because just the pressure from a blank round can still fuck you up. Like if you're right next to someone shooting a blank, it'll still burn you. It could blow out your eye, damage some shit, push something through the air at you. It's still... Fuck your ears up. Yeah, it's still pretty serious. Um, So here's where things get really wild. Uh, Guterres Reed, the armor, had her lawyer issue a statement that said, we are convinced that this was sabotage and Hannah is being framed. We believe that the scene was tampered with as well before the police arrived. Her lawyer went on to say she has provided authorities with a full interview and continues to assist them. They state, we are asking for a full and complete investigation of all the facts, uh, including the live rounds themselves, how they ended up in the dummies box, and who put them there. That is so crazy. Like that, that... In the initial reporting that, you know, wasn't out, right? Yeah. And that when she had her lawyer make that statement, it really got people questioning uh, both motives or negligence or who is really at fault. If she's telling the, 
the truth, um, that is something much more nefarious. If she's lying, she is hardcore deflecting blame. Yeah. So, so that that is a major lawsuit that very well may impact the criminal aspects right. of charges, right? Uh, Gutierrez Reed said last week that she had inspected the gun Baldwin shot, but doesn't know how a live bullet ended up inside. Um, it's, it's, it's really, I don't know. I don't know. So when, when, when they say like, okay, one person inspects it and then they hand it to someone else and then they inspect it and they hand it to someone else. What's the time in between that? Is it like, a matter of seconds is it a matter of like this person checked it they handed it off to somebody and then this person had it for a while and then so my understanding is on a let's say you're on a paramount movie set you know very fluid everything's professional they're running smooth right mm-hmm. from what i understand the armorer is always on scene anytime there's a weapon involved right Right. They'll, they'll be right off the set with their workshop, trailer, whatever. From what I understand, the armor should be right there. The gun, they have checked the gun. They have to check it a certain amount of times. They often have uh, their second-in-command check it. When the scene calls for that weapon, they doodle on out, hand the next person in that chain, which it sounds like could be the assistant director, or on other shoots, it might go straight to the actor. And then, depending on their rules, the actor may or may not need to check it, and you're good to go. So, from what I understand, it's a short process. Okay. But what I didn't like about the wording of this article is the article came out a week before, like we were citing it, but the article just says last week that she had checked, inspected the gun. Does that mean yeah. she had checked it that day, like she was like supposed to on set, or was she saying I had checked it earlier that week? Like that, I don't. It's not very clear wording that that. I yeah, I took that to mean that they like during the press interview, or the news conference that that's that she said that. See, but I I agree, but also if you wanted to. Um, twist the words yeah it would be a very good way to do it you know because you could be like yeah it was double checked by me i just didn't do it right before the scene this is where it's important while we we brought up like how politicized it's gotten because we got a lot of this information from different sources um but one of those sources was fox news yeah um who has you know been posting shit about Making you know, making it more of a political thing because he's Baldwin's anti-gun, and and then suddenly now he's you know uh, in trouble for shooting somebody. Yeah, there's. I mean, social media is just bullshit, but it's been um, just very inflammatory. But yeah. even on Fox News's um, like website of the article publication. It is some of the most disgusting commentary, both both from the people, uh, the news hosts, and users leaving uh, comments on the articles. It's just it, it's just really 
dark shit. Yeah, I, I went through and I tried my best to take out as much um, bias as possible to just state facts. Yeah. And, you know, quotes where wherever possible, but just to try to make it where it's just. I, I feel like we, we've done okay so far because the yeah. reality is like we don't know. We might right. not ever know. But likely, the information will come out. So, like, the people that are being very bold or inflammatory, regardless of what their perspective is, it's just really foolish. Like, because you very well may find out you were totally wrong. So, right. um, going with what we know, or at least prefacing it as we very well may be wrong, I just think it's pretty important. Yeah. So... um a Santa Fe area district attorney said investigators had uh, have encountered no proof of sabotage. Currently, the DA says the investigators who loaded uh, the investigator know who loaded the gun, though it remains unclear how the deadly round of ammunition got on the movie set. The district attorney said uh, she is concerned that there are so many levels of safety failures. So, it was said as an at a news yeah. conference that it was far fetched to suggest there was sabotage, but that Gutierrez Reed still had the same responsibility to know what was in the gun and who had handled it. Wow, uh, yeah, it's like overarching uh, safety failures on the macro and the micro. Yeah, uh, David Hall said that he hoped the tragedy would prompt the film industry to reevaluate its values and practices to ensure no one is harmed again, which. I think is great, but it's kind of a bullshit throwaway line because these events are very rare and, um, I don't know. It just, it, it's rare, but also it seems the, the fault of a specific, uh, production company or set of people more than the, it's like, it's one of those things like you deflect, like the whole industry is so fucked up because we fucked up, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Baldwin said on video on October 30th that the shooting was a one in a trillion event saying we were very, very, we were a very, very well oiled crew shooting a film together. And this horrible event happened. Uh, Souza said on, said the scene did not call for the use of live rounds and Gutierrez Reed said real ammo should have never been present. Uh, the Los Angeles lawsuit alleges that the scene did not call for Baldwin to fire the gun at all only to point it. Uh, Hollywood professionals have been baffled by the circumstances of the movie set shooting. It has already led to other production excuse me. It has already led to other production crews stepping up safety measures. I mean, that's great. It's, it's great. Um, anytime something tragic helps people up their safety or awareness. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, it's, it's on the, on the, I think on the micro scale, maybe that makes sense then that it's, you know, it's not just a an overarching thing that needs to be changed, but you know, on or maybe nothing needs to be so much changed at all, other than like smaller production crews are all you know they're more aware of this is what can happen on a set when when you're not on top of your shit. Yeah, um, this is. This is a little bit of a jump, but I know I've I've mentioned to you one of my like old philosophy theories that I I had found and kind of uh, 
ran with myself, the INRI theory. That sounds familiar. It's it's the letters that I forget the exact meaning, but it's something oh, above Jesus. Yeah, above Jesus on the cross, INRI. But there was some philosophy theory by some weird metaphysics dude I knew on the internet at some point. But the theory was in relation to Columbine. And the idea was that for X amount of people, Mm, so many people have to die to prevent worse things to happen. And it's a very pessimistic theory. But it's one of these things like every X amount of movies, there's going to be a tragic death, right? Like Mm. you're using real weaponry and everyone will either pretend to care or care a lot for a short amount of time. Uh, maybe safety, some things change, maybe not. But like it, it's, I see it as human nature more than, even more than like the failings of any specific person. That doesn't mean people are without blame, but it just, I don't know. It just feels like there's a lot of bullshit talk around these kinds of events also. Yeah. And it, there's a ton of people saying this is like a classic example of, uh, Someone who's not respecting guns enough or gun safety uh, not being followed. And it just seems just so goofy or irrelevant because nothing about movies, movie scene weaponry use has anything to do with normal day-to-day gun safety. Right. Like there's there's nothing you do with a gun in a movie that is acceptable as a, as a gun owner, right? Right. And I, I just, there's just uh, a lot of like moral, uh, like sh- shame or like, uh, I don't know, responsibility being cast on both individuals and ent- like shadowed over entire industries. And right. It's like, exactly. Like, it's what, what the fuck? It's, um, like you said, it, it's, it's not. Going after gun control and gun safety in general, based off an event, based off of this event, is is it's not the the right place to focus your energy at. It's the wrong angle of attack. Yeah, completely. It's like and it, there are there are so many other things to be that you can put forth your like a structured, you know. Uh, um, focus on and that that will be more productive than going after that like, like you said there's not there's not really a ground to stand on right like let's say you false are false equivalency that's the word i was looking for yeah like let's say you are super pro-gun and you hate baldwin because he's been anti-gun if you're using this as an opportunity to espout your political or philosophy philosophical beliefs right you're using the example of someone (laughs) accidentally murdering someone with a gun to say like don't take my gun away right Right, right. it's like what the fuck is going on it's all uh i don't know exploiting other people's trauma in the meantime too right it's it's the same the other way too you know for for people that are highly against guns and saying like well you know, if if they didn't, you know, if, if guns weren't so prevalent in, you know, movies or whatever, then this right. wouldn't have happened. 
but you're not gonna you're not gonna take guns away from people in America. No, it's just you're not. It's not gonna happen. I think we no have one's more- gonna. That's what kills me when people are like they're gonna come door to door and take your take our guns away. No, the fuck they're not. No, never. That'll the- never happen. I'm pretty sure there's more guns than people in America. Yeah, there's a. I know there's some crazy stat on that. It's just. Multiple guns for every man, woman, and child. <laughs> you you leave the hospital with the gun when you're born. <laughs> Isn't that how it works? Is it on a uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine? They go to uh, they go to Florida for something, and someone gets a gun out of a vending machine. <laughs> That'd be dope as fuck, though. For real. <laughs> do you remember the first time you fired a gun? I do. Well, my uh, I'm pretty sure it was the first time. Because I, um, I I feel like where our point of views come from kind of a reflect on our perspectives on this. So yeah. I want to ask you, um, I'm pretty sure I wasn't 10. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we were taught gun safety from a pretty young age. Um, I'm, I'm almost certain I, I was, I wasn't 10. Um, we would go out to, um, ATMs out in the, um, I think she lived out like Loveland area or somewhere. Um, but we, uh, we would just fire rounds in her backyard cause she had a big enough lot and the area was really small. And, um, I've, I mean, I've owned and shot guns for, you know, most of my life. Yeah. And I, I can tell you're a responsible gun owner because I have never seen you with a gun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the people that uh, flash their guns or fiddle with them all the time mm-hmm. or whatever, it's like very obvious they don't know what they're doing or there's too much ego involved to use it. Yeah. There's, there's one thing in like handling it enough that – you feel, yeah, you feel comfortable with it. You're not scared of it because um, that's also extremely dangerous. But when um, guests come over, you're not like, hey, check yeah, out my gun. It's, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, no one, no one knows it's there. No one sees it. Unless we're going to a range. Unless we are at a range where I'm about to fire it, it's not going to come out. Yeah. I think the first – my, my – um, my experience with guns was very different because I had no exposure to them um, as a kid except as, like, something dangerous I saw, like, sketchy people with. Um, mm-hmm. And then the first time I shot one, I think I was, like, 16 or 17, and it definitely was on some sketchy shit when i was highly intoxicated and the person who gave it to me thought it would be really funny to have me shoot a 12 gauge in a like tiny basement like at a wall and it was i had no idea how loud it was gonna be my ears were ringing for like a week dude it just like reverberated off every wall it scared the shit out of me god God damn it. <laughs> I, I definitely used to be pretty reckless with firearms, but I, I also, uh, there was definitely a point 
where I realized how unhealthy it was to even have around. So I got rid of them all. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. want to be be that person. So I, I feel like I don't know. I just feel like we have a, a healthy respect of the people killers. <laughs> the people killers. <laughs> it's it's. It's one of those things. I mean, it's like um, it's something my dad taught me from a young age, and and not in this context, but like certain things like snakes and fire and shit like that. Like to have a healthy fear of something is important. Yeah. To have a, a a respect of it, you know, it's for your safety. Yeah, that and that's exactly why I had to get rid of my shotgun because yeah. I, I was so crazy at the time. I had carved on the barrel. This is for them, not for me. Because so it was like, <laughs> which I thought God was damn. very, I thought <laughs> that was cold so shit. <laughs> but like, dude, I swear to God, just having that thing in my closet when I was like so unwell, it was like always calling me. It was mm-hmm. like that shit. Like, even, I feel like even if you're well, though, there's some, like Baldwin wasn't supposed to pull the, the trigger for that scene. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Gun safety, you know, gun handling, like he, his finger shouldn't have been on the trigger. It right. shouldn't have been cocked well, back. But it's a movie. That's the thing. It's like it's not normal gun safety to the. I don't know if those rules apply the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he shouldn't. I, have I feel the like trigger. But that's that's the calling of the void, right? I feel like they do apply that way because one, they're not rolling. Number one. Number two, it's. You always treat a gun as if it's loaded, even if you know it's not. See, I, but, I, and I, and I and I get that it's a movie set, so I know I, I'm not arguing that they're not. It's not a different setting, but especially when you're not rolling, there's no reason for your finger to be on the trigger. I, I believe I agree, and I think in that situation as tempted as like the natural instinct to pull that trigger would be i don't think i would feel comfortable doing it but i also don't i don't think the responsibility level is the same if i'm in my backyard and somebody hands me a nerf gun and they're like hey it's really just nerf rounds it'll be fun and you're just like practicing i like i feel like that's almost closer to the situation than it is um plausible that it would be a real gun with real ammo you know what i mean like you were I mean, told so, so by you, your company even, the, it's even as a, it's a prop gun it's but it's a real gun and even if it's like even with firing blanks like like we said a blank can do more damage than a nerf gun a nerf dart well i'm assuming if they're these are all assumptions i'm assuming if they're not filming and they tell you it's cold i would think he would not pull that trigger unless he thought there was nothing in it at all Mm -hmm. and i just think it's it's i see how there could be over and we'll get into it overarching responsibility because he has a producer credit but if especially if he was just the actor right Mm-hmm. Um, like basically it's your manager at work telling you what to do and that it is safe. And yeah. Th- and I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think there's without a doubt, there's 
more than one person at blame here. Definitely. It's not, yeah, it's not just on Baldwin. It's not just on the armorer. It's, you know, that, I mean, at least with the information given as of now, there's there's reason for more, more than one person to take, take that, heat. That's why I found it very interesting. The lawsuit, I believe it was the lighting guy. He had 22 uh, people the lawsuit was against. Right. So even from his direct perspective, he's like, you know, if he felt it was just Baldwin's fault, it would have been for one person. But obviously right. this was a systematic failure of multiple levels. Yeah. Yep. Pretty, pretty wild. I mean, I remember there's been, uh, when they're filming the Twilight Zone, there was a helicopter crash that killed some people. There was that crazy uh, li- uh, lion and tiger movie. I'm blanking on the name of it, but it has the most. Uh, tiger King. No, they, they just know what you mean. season I'm... two of Tiger King, though. Oh, really? Yeah, it definitely won't live up to the first, but it's some follow-ups. But uh, there was this other movie that we talked about potentially doing an episode on about uh, it's the the chick that was in uh, Hitchcock's Birds that got scarred by him throwing the birds at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her husband and her made a movie about lions that's and right. tigers, and it's the most injuries that's ever happened in a movie. Like, there are hundreds and hundreds of stitches, severe injuries. Uh, like, it was like over 10 people were bit by tigers and shit. Um, like, shit goes wrong, but it's typically only when uh, things are really out of hand. <laughs> yeah. Um. I do want to send over this headline I just found. Okay. Um, can edit this part out. So Tiger King 2 is great. <laughs> God, this is CNN. Yeah. Dude, they're getting so desperate with article time. Great. I thought, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Should I read any of this? Or? No, I, I just wanted to... <laughs> I just saw just that. It was just yeah. We we were we were talking about it for a minute, and I seen that, and I didn't want to forget. Um, so, um, I mean, um, so our our takeaways on it. Yeah. Um, I think this is an example of a. It's just a. It's a sad, tragic event that never needed to happen. Um, it's something that could have been prevented with proper care and attention. Um, and it really is sad because. I know what it feels like to get comfortable in your job and you start to slack because of it. And then that leads to bigger things that can all fall to the wayside because it's just simpler to do it later or know that someone else will handle it. Um, yeah. And of course your quality of work suffers and it's easier to miss things. And I do understand that it's hard to stay on the ball all the time, especially when your work environment is hectic and changing and has issues like theirs did. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, you have to be ready to take that responsibility. Um, we were just talking about it, um, you know, um, this last week or the week week before where we were talking about our, you know, psychological or our philosophical, philosophical, <laughs> you know, <laughs> God damn it, um, our philosophical um, statement we wanted to make. And, yeah. you know, we boiled it down to like the, the, in a nutshell, it's don't be a dick. And I think it's easy Definitely. In a situation, you know, to think, 
if you're if you're hesitant on a situation or making a choice of of a thing and you just think to yourself is this going to make me a dick or is am i being a dick for doing this um you know even in littler situations but that can like overall i think that helps me a lot um yeah, i've really liked uh how we how we carved that out I, but i see how like i thought your approach from it from the workplace is interesting in the sense like I man like jobs suck so much I could see like if you were frustrated you're on this this film set you see the production company is not taking good care of you you're underpaid you know they might be replacing you because um the the whole crew is unsatisfied with working conditions and people right. are kind of up in arms you know they're replacing you i see how um mistakes could be made without trying to be a dick like right I, exactly and when you're just trying to get by and do shit and and especially i mean it's 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 almost kind of the same i feel like there's a lot of stuff that's like when you have to make up for the work of other people because other people don't pull their weight or, mm. you know, stuff like that, especially, but it's like, you know, I've worked jobs where it's like just little stuff where like we're closing up the restaurant and then like, you know, everyone's leaving and I'm just about to lock up shop and I realize, oh, no one put the trash ca- trash bags back in the trash cans, put it, no one put in like new trash bags in the cans or like someone Chairs forgot or- to turn off this thing or like, yeah, someone yeah. forgot to sweep underneath this thing. And it's like, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes later, I'm getting out of the building because I'm checking on little stuff. I'm seeing little stuff that other people miss, you know, just because it's carelessness. It's just, you know, like they're, they got other stuff that they were working on and that they were focused on and they forgot to check it before they walked out the door. Um, you know, it's, I was going to say, when when everyone fails to do something that anybody could have done, nobody is without some blame. And that being said, the people tasked with the specific job of ensuring safety while handling firearms are the most responsible for the event that occurred that day. And I'm not saying that they have all the blame, but I feel like those people that are put in the position of ensuring that, like, that's their job is making sure that this doesn't have an issue. That's the only reason that they have an armorer on set. That's literally their job. Yeah. to prevent what happened. Right. I think that holds true. I think that's a pretty direct way of looking at it. I think where it could get more murky is um, that supposes that nothing um, nefarious happened or, or that, I don't know. That they were all trying their best. Like, it almost assumes, like, the, the good in people. And I don't know. I, I think that's most likely the case. But it seems like things were so chaotic on the set that it may get a little, it may get a little murky. What I wanted to mention, though, you, you, I really liked, like, you, you created the don't be a dick thing. That's your brain. <laughs> I love it so much. I think of it. I think of it all the fucking time. But part of the reason I've been we discussed doing 
a philosophy episode is because I, I feel the need to flesh things out a little bit more. And I almost see this as an example of that, where like the overarching theme of life is not to be a dick, right? Mm. But then what about situations like this where like you're trying your best? Uh, it may not be directly the situation, but what about the parts of life where you're trying your best, you're not trying to do anything wrong, but you make a mistake and you have like re- ultimate responsibility over something and someone's hurt. Like there's there's parts of uh, that philosophy, I feel, that need uh, support. Well, yeah, and I, I feel like – I know, I know. Yeah, I'm like just in, in, in that event that something happens, I still feel like something happens, out, whether it's outside of your power or not. You know, there's still a a part where you 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 have to step up and at least I don't know take responsibility. You take responsibility, even in, not saying responsibility for something you didn't have control over, but right. take responsibility for what you did have control over. It, even if it's like this got out of hand, or you know, like you know, you're you're in too deep in a bunch of shit and you're overwhelmed with stuff, and you're still trying to hold it together without getting outside help, and then it all you know, folds in on you, like then you are to blame still because you didn't reach out for, you know, you didn't address it with someone sooner before it became an issue. Yeah. So, all right. To that idea, do you, is it a bit of a dick move to sue? Um, I see it kind of as open game for most of the people, but is it a dick move to sue Baldwin or for criminal charges? (sighs) I know, I know we definitely don't know all the scoop. This I, I don't, is just I kinda, don't know. I don't know about criminal charges. I Cri- criminal I feel, charges doesn't make sense. In in the light of what we are aware of, criminal charges doesn't make sense. Right. Now, are you familiar with the Travis Scott thing going on right now? A little bit. Yeah, that, I know see, a bunch of people died, and the there wasn't shit being done about it or something. Yeah, I see that as very similar. So at his concert you know he encourages mayhem and stuff uh even to the point of like encouraging people to jump off shit one person was permanently paralyzed at a previous show he tells people to hop the fence whatever to get into venues um and a bunch of people get trampled at at his most recent show and he like paused to let uh ambulances in and then ultimately continued performing right yeah i i what i don't get is i've heard so many people like almost going back to like the satanic panic stuff whereas like is his music like so rowdy it makes oh my god dude get get the fuck out of here with that shit dude a hundred percent but what I ultimately don't think, like, where the big catch for me is, right, is he's just an artist, right? Baldwin right. is just an actor. It sounds like the producer part does make it a little more complicated. It sounds like that was mostly just for for the credit of it, less than yeah. a practical, like, anybody can be a fucking producer. Yeah, they... they- when you have a bigger name, you can get your your name and different credits on a production. Just that, just to you know, 
but we, guarantee we, that you're going to work in it. Right. We may find out though that maybe there's a, a whole fucking server full of emails where he is actively involved in production and people are sending him emails like, hey, this is not safe, and he ignores it. Like, all of that is possible. Or vice right. versa. You may, right. we may see he's a producer, and he's the one saying this shit isn't safe, and the production company won't listen. But let's just assuming he's just the actor, right? Travis Scott's just a musician, whatever. Like, they're, they're doing their jobs, right? Like, I'd, I don't see why people would point the blame on the performer and not the venue, not the staff, not not the armorer, not the security at the concert. Like, wh- why are we trying to punish artists, like, just to have someone to blame? Yeah. I, so I will say if, if the artist is encouraging people to do shit like climb on scaffolding and do wild shit, then there is some some shit there. No. I, the, yeah. What about, all right, Cannibal Corpse show, Wall yeah. of Blood. They want everyone to run at each other, fuck each other up. Like, yeah. are we going to blame them for that? Or are people, like, they're being encouraged, but it's still their choice. If somebody <laughs> tells me to jump off a bridge, it's on me, right? It might not be, like, a good moral thing. Like, the I feel, band. I feel like it's. We can't blame them. No, so I guess there's a there's a, a a series of events or the 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 timeline of events that I feel like changes it a little bit for me. If no one's climbing on scaffolding and then they say that's something fair. about I, climbing on scaffolding, that's I feel like that's fine because it's I feel like that's different because if if there are people that are already doing it and then they're encouraging it afterward. That's worse because they see it and then instead of addressing it like, hey, get the fuck down, like don't be fucking stupid. It's still like the That's a liability that's still level. a liability on them. See, but that's like the type of shit that's in contractual agreements between the artist and the venues, right? Like uh so like what about instances like Tech Nine song Riot Maker? There's the chick from Ohio that gets her head split. It's in the fucking song. She sues yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, right, if we make the artist responsible for everything, then they're not even going to be allowed to tell you to mosh. I'll right? Say, moshing, I feel like, is different because you're interacting with other people. Climbing on scaffolding and shit is 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 different than moshing because there's no reason for you to be up there. But I I just think it's all free game. Like if people climb and they climbing crack their on skull private open, property. Them. But or, fuck them. Who cares? <laughs> right? Like if some the, loser the, kid. The family of the people that died cared. Then they should have raised a smarter kid. <laughs> like for real. Like if, I just think like that's, that's up to the person. If they want to fuck themselves up, I don't see it. You know, maybe the venue has some responsibility because security is the one that's not allowed. Loud. If let's say the performer is saying a bunch of heinous shit, like at that MSI show I was at, he said, We're locking all the doors and I'm going to gas and kill everyone in the crowd. Right? That's yeah. what he's screaming on stage. Yeah. If, if he was telling us all to kill ourselves instead, then it's security, it's the venue, 
It's the production company. It's their responsibility to end that show safely. And the artist is at fault for breaking rules of of their contract with the venue. But if a person in the crowd kills themselves because, because of what that artist says, that's on the person who's dead. Fuck them. Yeah. Right? So yeah, like, I see that. One of my favorite bands, I think we've looked at Shining, the black metal band. The dude is a racist, uh, misogynistic piece of shit. Absolute piece of garbage, right? Mm-hmm. I fucking love his music so much. And it, there's a, it makes it difficult sometimes, right? But he puts out his albums and he tells his fans all the time, constantly, all, multiple times an album, at every show, he tells his fans to kill themselves. He's like, if you're a true fan, you'll kill yourself. Yeah, you're not real metal unless you kill yourself. Yeah, dude. His, Which is solid because he doesn't do it. That's the thing. He faked his own suicide for four years, and it wasn't like a like it was a legit faked everybody out, including the band. His entire body is like ropes of scar tissue because he cuts himself so bad at shows like there's times he's unconscious and he's going to the ER in the middle of the show. Like he is that brutal, right? And multiple fans have killed themselves. Right. Like I'm yeah. pretty sure it's like over 10 at this point. And people have tried lawsuits or whatever, but he's in a fucking, not Germany, but in, in a European country, they're, they give more leniency to the artists and nothing has come of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But if one of those kids kills himself, like, I think he has a moral responsibility. I think it's kind of fucked up. I kind of like it a lot, but it's still the kid's <laughs> choice, right? Right. I don't know. I just think, uh, like we were talking with our clowns and magicians, like people who fill that role in society are like, we're allowed to love and hate them. We put put everything on and we put blame on them, but they're, they deserve a certain level of immunity in my mind. Yeah. If Travis no, a, Scott- a certain level of immunity, yes. I, I think complete immunity. I, I, I think that's – it's barring the situation completely. And I, I haven't watched the videos and shit from, you know, the Travis Scott thing. But There's not much to see. Yeah, I, I feel like they're definitely – I mean, I've been at shows before where, like, a fight breaks out in a mosh pit and they'll stop the fucking show. Be like, hey, hey, hey. Like, been, you guys either a, stop that shit or get this fucking guy out of here. Like, I've definitely been to a lot where they don't, though, too. I just, it, regardless of what happened to either of us in that situation, I would never put it on the artist. Unless Travis Scott drove the ambulance through the crowd and murdered everyone, I wouldn't point an ounce of blame on him. If anything, I think he should be commended to a certain degree, for pausing at all and making room for ambulances to get in. He made some effort, but, like, the show must go on. Unless, like, you directly are choosing, like, hey, if I keep performing, I know that person is going to die. I just, I, you know, it's the crowd that killed him, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I see. I, I get your point. You're right on, on, on that. Like, I think Baldwin, if he, if he shot that gun and was in shock, so fucking confused on what happened, 
and shot at three more people, I think I'd still give him a fucking pass. Because think about like no, that one. I can't think I can agree with you on that. Dude, you pull the trigger just, and you shoot somebody. The last thing you you do is put it in more you, people. Dude, <laughs> well, let me try. Gotta, let me try one more again. You got to shoot your way out of that situation. <laughs> You're so fucked, bro. You're already in, man. You got to get out. Dude, you got to get out of there. Think no about witnesses. How, think about from his perspective how traumatic that would be. Like instant. Oh, fucking awful. So bad. That's what I mean. Like, I legitimately, I think I could give him a pass on firing another two bullets, another two rounds, because, like, what the fuck? That's not Out of sheer sheer panic? Out of sheer panic, I feel like out of trauma, PTSD shit, I feel like it could have been a lot more heinous, and I still wouldn't want to. You're saying saying we owe him a couple more rounds? That's what I'm saying, dude. It's, uh, oh, it's just, fuck. I just think, I don't know. I just think they deserve a certain level of immunity. Yeah. Uh, well, I won't even get into the written house. That's all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll I, the, I, I, I was other. waiting for you to bring it up, and yeah, we don't need to get into that. I'll say real quick. he He's innocent of self-defense. We, we talked on the phone about this. Yeah. I'll, I'll give the abridged, our conclusion we came to. He's most likely... Innocent on self-defense, but the system is flawed and there should be a middle ground. Just because he's innocent of self-defense doesn't mean he isn't responsible to a certain level. And there should be a middle ground on the charges. Yeah. Of putting yourself into that scenario, period. To antagonize shit. Yeah. You're, you're, You're building building an environment of terror but he was yeah. doing it to protect someone i don't agree with that but that's uh, it's right. all. but if i get caught with a baggie full of stardust that officer donuts down the street doesn't like yeah exactly I, then you're going to jail <laughs> i'm going to jail for three to five yeah. but if i go to a sketchy situation breaking curfew with a gun you, that you, you, show up, you show up with a with a fucking AR fifteen <laughs> and, right. and a bulletproof vest ready to rock and roll and, and say you're say you're just watching over the store that's a that's in a different state than you live in. The state different state doesn't matter to me because you should be able to defend yourself anyway. If you're seventeen going across lines with a gun that's not registered to your name, it is. It wasn't illegal. Or they they haven't given the definitive ruling, but in his state, a pistol would have been illegal for his age. But under the hunting rules, Mm. his gun is in a gray area. He's out there trying to look for deer is what he was doing. (laughs) But it's so (laughs) fucked up. Like, that's how bad the laws are that they decided not to charge him for the gun. Like, that's, that's the state fucking up, you know? Yeah. Wow. But regardless of where you are... And what weapon you you should be allowed to defend yourself. It's just he still has a level of responsibility that or if you justice go, system. If you go to an if you drive out to a neighborhood where people are are protesting and definitely some of them are armed, when you could have just been at home that night, but and then but, and then complain that you were you were uh, 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 defending yourself. After putting yourself in that position, that that's that's where there's that needs to be a middle ground. 
Exactly. Our court system's not nuanced yeah. enough to There's handle There's be it. other shit. But, but the flip side is, what if, what if uh, we lived in a super uh, racist city, right? And some KKK losers are going to attack a bunch of people's businesses because they hate them. And we philosophically, morally don't believe that's right. So we decide to protect try to help or protect other people right like just because what he believed was wrong doesn't mean he didn't have the right to do it that that's where he i think he had the right to do i think it's bullshit i I think our court system is not um it's just not nuanced enough to be able to to look at matters of gray because he has a level of responsibility but he had the right to be there Wherever I may roam, this world's fucking mine. I can go anywhere and protect myself, right? Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. I feel like I have more to say on it, but I don't I don't want to get into it any more than that. Fair enough. I'll I'll take off my lawyer hat and I'll put that on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll put on my uh my little journalist hat and uh so here here's my thoughts on baldwin i kind of i kind of fell into the trap i got a little hyped up by this whole story initially i've watched way too much of baldwin rittenhouse something to keep me busy during work i just like court shit or whatever um i think the the big thing is like with baldwin specifically just like none of this fucking matters I, I I think it's really fucked up how much people, uh, media, news, whatever, just pretend to care about the people who died. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's political opportunism, and I think I think it's generally sounds like a tragic accident. I don't think the conspiracy. Or nefarious aspect. I don't think those things are going to hold water, but it'll it'll all come up. Um, I just doubt Alec was responsible directly, but I don't know. Um, he definitely could share some overarching moral culpability, but it just seems really irrelevant. I wish him and all the people directly affected by the whole incident. I, I wish him good energy and the best of wishes. Um. It's sad, but it's a really stupid story. Um, uh, it's it's captivating. It gets people interested. Yeah, it's juicy drama. It makes a good headline. Yeah, it's just it. Yeah, there's just so much commentary that's just been toxic as fuck, and the feigned sympathy or outrage is just like not helpful even if like you don't think it's gross or you find it entertaining which i definitely have at times it's just it doesn't help anything right um everyone involved uh commenting it feels like is really bloodthirsty and they want to blame someone this is like the whole clown philosophy right Mm -hmm. this this week of the news baldwin was the clown right if you disliked him he was the clown because he killed someone ironically and yeah it's i i i think baldwin 
was just so philosophically opposed to a lot of his um, detractors that due to these political views, their mind was just set that this was the perfect tragedy for a righteous act of karma. Mm -hmm. You know, they wanted nothing more than to publicize this as much as possible. And it's just like really cringy and cruel. Yeah. Like some of these stories, it's just so shitty. It's it's like, oh, thank God Baldwin shot and killed somebody. Thank God someone died. Now we have something to make memes about. Right. And honestly, some of the memes are funny, but like, how, how can you like, so many of the Twitch people, YouTube, like, the day of, day after, they're on their platform like, it is so sad. It is so incredibly tragic. Baldwin killed someone. And now, because of that, I'm going to talk for four hours on how much I love guns and how no one will take away my Second Amendment rights. Right. Like, get the fuck out of here. Alec Baldwin did what? Not clickbait. Right. You'll never believe, number four. <laughs> So here, here's my black pill moment, right? This is my my nihilistic take. So I, I wish anyone harmed or affected by it. I wish them the best. But frankly, I really don't care about random people I don't know who died. Right. Right? People die all the fucking time. It is sad. But, like, it doesn't directly affect me. It's hard to... Um it's hard to believe a stranger is a, a long-awaited friend. That's a that's a rush line. I, like I, can't, I, I can't pretend a stranger is a long-awaited friend. I like that, despite Rush having said mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get you on Rush. I, I, I'm already working on a playlist of like start here and how to get into it. But yeah, get, you want to hear my version of that quote? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is something I had one of my rehab buddies told me, and it's always stuck with me. If you don't feed me or you don't fuck me, you're irrelevant. <laughs> and that's the fucking All right, Yeah, yeah, I'll work like, with that. Friends are the exception, but like random fucking strangers that die from like gun accidents, I don't give a fuck. I, she seemed really cool. Like the, I don't want something shitty happening to anybody, but it doesn't fucking matter. It's just so fucking pointless. And to pretend to care or that it's to use that grief to undermine other people's political views or beliefs, it's just really stupid. I, I Earlier we talked, like, we both like guns. I don't want them taken away from people. I just don't get why anyone would be so pro-Second Amendment or whatever the fuck that they want to use the irony of someone's death in an accidental shooting to their advantage right um it's it's all nasty political vulture shit right uh i i think if you believe in something you should speak it loudly with your chest i think i think it's great to stand for what you believe in and uh to share it uh with pride but cruelty is a sign of weakness yeah I feel very strongly about that. Mm-hmm. Bullies aren't good. <laughs> it's uh, it's overkill. It's compensation. Yeah, it's like the truck nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you- people with trucks in general that have no reason to have a truck. Oh my god, you read my mind, bro. If you drive a truck 
and it's shiny as fuck and you don't work using said truck, you're a piece of shit. I, I saw I saw someone the other day and I I feel I feel somewhat conflicted because I know that they're like nice rides and shit, but like this person was in this fucking Lincoln luxury ass <laughs> truck and it was like uh, why? Like, it, like you can tell they, it's never grand. seen any work. You know, to me, it, that, that you can say like, oh, maybe they, they, you know, got a truck so they can move their boat to, you know, wherever, or take it to different lakes in, in Michigan or whatever. But like, <sighs> you want another hot take? Yeah. <laughs> I think if you own a, a boat, you're kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're driving a boat or a truck to move your boat, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Well, no. uh, I, so... I can I I can sympathize with that, especially with the the fact that it, to own a boat takes so much money. So to much to money. own and maintain a boat, um, and it and I mean it also depends on where you're at too. Like yeah yeah. yeah. Um, my dad got um my dad has I, I'm not even sure if he still has it. I think he does. Um, my dad's got a boat that was his his dad's boat i knew you're gonna say that and i i was speaking hyperbolically i apologize to a phrase favorite trash cat right (laughs) (laughs) um no but but he i mean he knows too it's like it's a it's a it's just a money hole yeah um and to it's one of those things where you see like to for people that have the wealth to manage shit not not just to own but to own and manage shit like that there's a level of of disconnection from the rest of the populace. Yeah. And it's and it's not to say that, you know, if you work hard for, you know, your money, you shouldn't be able to have something nice. Obviously you should, but there's definitely a level of disconnect from that. Yeah. Anyways, it, compensation. It's a level of luxury. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if and if you, and if you, you want to get a luxury truck to haul around your boat <laughs> and then also happen to drive it around wherever else you go, maybe because you spent all your money on a boat and a luxury truck that now <laughs> you can't afford a regular car, so you just drive it in the city all the time. But I I don't I, I don't hate the rich. I think that whole thing's garbage, but more power to them. But if I you know what I do hate is uh <laughs> Poor people that live outside of their means. (laughs) If you drive a Chrysler 300 and it looks like shit and you can't pay for a flat tire, you're fucked. Right? You're fucked. (laughs) I I tend to like those people more, but (laughs) I'm kind of a piece of shit. So you you can you can relate with those people more. Is what you're saying? Definitely. Um. I, I definitely want to say it's important to note that I don't I don't think this case has anything to do with gun safety. I think this is a highly right. specific and niche area that does not relate to at least normal gun ownership yeah. and personal responsibility. It's a movie set gun, you know, um protocol in within, you know, um small production like settings. Yeah. Yes. But well 
there, there's g- a gun control as a whole it does not affect right that yeah that's my right. point i just don't, there's a reason most states don't have many restrictions on uh movie sets using prop guns because it's normally a not a problem and b it's up to how these production sets want to do it so if there's blame it's not at <laughs> the movie industry as a whole and it definitely does not re- re- uh reflect anything about a normal person in gun safety right right um i i think it says even less about him alec baldwin because he's just a fucking actor i kind of explain that with the don't blame the artist bullshit artists are special unique snowflakes and we will not melt them (laughs) (laughs) With with the current information i don't ultimately think it was his job to clear the gun other people it seems had that responsibility. Even if he had checked, I don't think he would have fucking known the rounds were live ammo because live ammo shouldn't have been there. And because he's an actor and not an ammo shouldn't have been gunner. even like blanks shouldn't have been there. Um, I don't know if that's sh- well. They were using blanks for that particular well for that uh, scene shot. Yeah, you're right. for exactly for that shot. They yeah. shouldn't have even been necessary. That's, right, you're totally correct. Um. Yeah, no ammo should have been on set. If there's blame to place, I think that's one of the first places to look. How the fuck did a real bullet make it into that gun? That, right. That's my my Sherlock moment. Is mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna look at everybody's the the sleeves of their clothes, and I'm gonna find the gunshot Are you residue. Talking about Sherlock Crimes and Punishment. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> the video game because he does that. I'm going to detective this motherfucker. <coughs> we we don't know. Uh, we don't know if he for sure was aware that there was live ammo on the set. Or I'm sorry. We do know. We, we know for sure he knew that there was live ammo. But everyone there knew. People were plinking the cans. Everyone present shares some level of blame for that. If that was really so egregious, then there's no reason you would have been at work the next day. It's one of those things. We all see it. We all know it's just bending the rules a little bit. But, like, no one was willing to draw a hard line on that. Well, so, some people did, and they left that morning. Yeah, no one who stayed did, at yeah. least. The, so. There is a I'm, – I'm sure – so I don't know what that lifestyle is like, but I assume – there's probably some of that in other movie things where it's just mm-hmm. not – it's off the books. It's off – you know, it's not reported on because right. things like this don't happen at other movie sets. But right. the – it's – I feel like it's possible that it's one of those things that's like – it's maybe not common, but it's common enough that it's like unnerving, <laughs> but it's not enough to be like, okay, well, I'm going to quit tomorrow then. Right. I know I've been on tons of construction sh- construction job sites or uh, when I was doing rigging for some of those concerts where like my manager would be uh, just about forcing you to do something that could be very dangerous, right? Yeah. Go up that without a tether, uh, touch that electric box that you know nothing about that hasn't been checked by an electrician. Shit like that, where like you could fucking die, and there are times where you just have to draw the line, right? Yeah. But for the most part, 
you just show up to work the next day because you just you need the money like you're yeah. not in control but if if i really felt that opposed to it and like the next day i touched that electric box just because they they said it was safe like that's on me to a degree i think they right. share right. some blame but like it, you know everyone on that set knew that live ammo had been present and that's on that's on everybody in, including the people that are filing lawsuits exactly i i think the lawsuit filing there's some gray area there but i i don't know about some of it so you know we you know baldwin has a producer credit but i think that's like the flimsiest line of evidence to claim that he is solely guilty of murder um a movie is so much bigger than one fucking person it's so many moving parts and people it's a little city when i've done some of these concerts there were literally multiple cranes setting up stages. And that's just mm -hmm. like a concert. A movie, you look at the credits of a movie, it's thousands of fucking people involved. Right. Like, it's, it's just more than one person failing at their job. Um, mistakes are definitely made, um, but it's bigger than one man being responsible. If you cast, if you want to cast some of that blame at, blame at Baldwin as a producer, um, then maybe, you know, he probably should have encouraged better safety uh, for the set. And I, you know, go for it. But it's it's more than him. And I definitely think unless something very stunning, a major twist comes out, I just see no way to put the sole responsibility on him. Right. I, I think the biggest question in reflecting on this is like, for me, it's was why the fuck did I get so invested in this? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think we have addressed that to some degree. Yeah. Well, I, um, I know the reason I got invested in it was because we were at a point where we were still trying to consider, we were trying to come up with uh, episode ideas and it came across my feed and it was like, oh, that's a topic we can talk about. That's probably going to be some hot fuck. shit. Yeah. It's juicy as fuck. And... For me, I think what really got me was the blame being put by him. Even yeah. if he was wrong, I don't like, regardless of it's in the media or in real life, I fucking hate bullies. <laughs> right. Like, I, I don't fucking know Alec Baldwin. I probably would think he's a douche, too. But I don't like anything in the media, like, crucifying people. It's just gross. Yeah. Um, And maybe that's slightly more altruistic than a lot of people's interests that wanted to crucify him, but it's still a bit of the the gooseneck effect where you're staring at an accident. You know what I mean? Right. I definitely, uh, I don't know. I think there's there's reasons to look at why any of us were interested, right? Right. Uh, I, I, I still think wanting to blame him is really stupid. I don't see... And how the people who want criminal charges pressed, I really think it's funny and just so goofy to think Baldwin going to prison would help anything. Right. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not paying a debt to society, except probably stealing a bunch of his money. And it's definitely and, not going to rehabilitate him. Yeah. Um, and it's another one. It's like it's taxpayer money. <laughs> and dude, think like. <sighs> What he went through is so terrible. Yeah. Like, he 
he may never act again, but that doesn't, that's like the the lowest level of consequence. Killing someone unintentionally without having like any reason in your heart to do it, just a pure accident like that would be horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Just so bad. Between the, the shock and trauma of of uh, just a sudden instance like that it's like I, I i i can't imagine it i don't want to yeah i've seen you know they're they have reported that he has been communicating with the family or that a lot of the crew seems to be in solidarity or understanding that you know this wasn't intentional but we're gonna see how those things play out too because I wouldn't blame the families for being angry either, you know? Right. It's It's definitely, it's not, unfortunately there are people that think it's intentional, but I, I, I think more so it's knowing that it's not intentional, but something, somebody is responsible or, you know, some people are responsible for this. Or even sometimes I think even when in cases where no one may be directly responsible, right. if it is such a personal loss, I, it's still fair that someone needs to pay something. Yeah. Doesn't there, mean there, they need to pay everything, but that's yeah. such a, Cause you know. Because no money in the world is going to bring no. that person back, but. Not at all. Yeah. But sometimes, I, I feel like sometimes those lawsuits court cases even if the intention isn't to like imprison the person you think is responsible it's almost like the only means you have to like publicly grieve for some people right you know like some level of retribution or righteousness is what some people need to i don't know get through i guess and it's hard not to you know, want to point blame when you're, Definitely. when you're angry, when you're frustrated and it's, it's, I'll blame it's, anyone it's if impulse. I'm angry enough. Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't it's care impulse. if they weren't there. I'll still blame people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> this wouldn't have happened if you weren't, if you were here. Right. This is your fucker. fault. Yeah. Uh, this does, <laughs> this incident does bring to light the importance of proper movie set safety, but no one gives a fuck about that. I, I hope it encourages good changes, but whatever. Um, it's just not a major problem in America today, and it's just compared to so many other things we got going on, it's just really low in the total pull. Yeah. Um, hopefully I, it makes things better. Uh, as far as not even so much changes, I, I hope it, it's just that it, it, it improves awareness. people's vigilance Yeah. on shit like that. It's one of those, it's just an, uh, it should be a thing that clicks in someone's head when they're working with you know, firearms or something. They they can just be one instance of this now where they're just like, remember what happened that one time on that, you know, set where a bunch of people were frustrated and whatever. Yeah, every, every so often. Um, it's not that we deserve them, but sometimes we need tragic reminders. I, I really do believe that. I don't think it's fair Right, good, but I think it is just part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I really do hope, I don't know if the incident will directly affect, but I really do hope um, for regarding the strikes and just general working conditions for people in general, but for the film industry, specifically in entertainment industry, I hope, uh, if anything, it is, you know, another push towards that. Maybe if there, there, the strikes weren't going on because people were being treated so poorly, maybe it would have been less likely to occur, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think in conclusion, just... That Baldwin, what Baldwin and the crew had to witness uh, the traumatic death of their co-workers. Just something that they're going to have to live with. And that image is going to be stuck in their head forever. They're going to have to deal with that trauma. And any guilt they may have, they, they will have to face in their own way, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think the public aspect of it helps anything um the scarlet letter shaming whatever it's all nonsense right i I think that's it i think uh i think we have defended our client (laughs) i i would like to think we even the scales of justice a bit and 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 you can you can take off that uh (laughs) that journalist cap and then underneath it reveal another lloyd bird law hat (laughs) i got so many hats going bro um I will say, fuck you, Alec Baldwin, and we expect that check in the mail any day. That's yeah. just for just to keep it neutral. Yeah, <laughs> we we do our civil duty and defend you in your name, and you give us a check. That's that's how it works. Bird law, baby. Bird law. Um, now, on a, a final thoughts, whatever. Do you buy into any conspiracy or sabotage? Because there's going to be a ton. Of stupid dummy conspiracy YouTube videos and podcasts. You already know. Yeah. Um big if true, but big if true. No, I don't. That it seems to me like it seems to me like exactly the kind of thing that someone's lawyer would say if their client was <laughs> probably most on the hook for yeah. murder. Yeah. I I will acknowledge it is possible. I think uh part of her statement was that they had tried to clean up the scene before police got there. I see that as I'll even go as far to say fairly likely yeah. that someone tried to distance themselves from an accident. I see it as uh possible Someone fiddled with the gun. Um, p- possible somebody put a real bullet on purpose. But I think nothing has shown that at all. Yeah. And I think it is much more likely that maybe someone fiddled with things, but it was still an accident and negligence. Yeah. And I think anyone who makes... uh just material like encouraging that that line of thinking is doing a disservice and and just being shitty as fuck. Yeah, lots of things are possible. I watched a debate on if we went to the moon today. Get some stupid flat earth dumb fuck. Their brains flat as fuck. Their, <laughs> their brains are as flat as they think the earth is. You know, and 
you know, lots of things are possible. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. there's any, I don't know, v- validity to their opinions, right? Mm-hmm. Have you seen um, Inside Job? Uh, it sounds familiar, it's but it also sounds like a series on Netflix. It's about like the the, uh, the deep state. Mm, sounds like the type of movie I wouldn't make it all the way through. It's a it, you series. said it's animated. Yeah, it's a series. It's 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 pretty good. It's like um, it's like Rick and Morty humor. Really? Yeah. That actually might. That sounds kind of fun. Actually, yeah, it's pretty good. It just sounded like another bank job. Uh, Jason Statham movie that I will no. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't talk shit on Jason Statham. Oh my god, dude. Fucking Tracy crank, Morgan crank and Jason Statham. <laughs> oh my god. Crank was a bit of exception because it was conceptual. But and I love Are you gonna talk shit about trans a, transporter too? Yeah, I sure it was probably one of my favorite movies when I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That chick with the the Mac Ten or Tech Nine was sexy as fuck. I love that. Movie. I haven't I haven't watched those ones in a while, but I, I did like the tra- Transporter series. It was fun as a kid. Uh, now now, are you, so are you saying from experience that I shouldn't rewatch them? Uh, uh, no, let, you let, should let them, rewatch. Them. Let them exist in my head is is a good movie. No, ruin anything. <laughs> Anything in your childhood memory that is amazing or like a perfect memory, ruin it. Just ruin it as soon as possible. You'll feel better. You know what I I had to skip over today because I knew that was going to be true? Um, (laughs) uh, Mystery Men. I don't know that one. You never watch Mystery Men? It sounds familiar, but I don't remember. (sighs) It It was fucking wild. It came out alongside of um all Star by Smash Mouth, and in the the music video for Smash Mouth features, oh my god, scenes from the the movie and shit, or characters from the movie. Um, Think about how different your life could have been if you didn't fall for Smash Mouth. Let me let me just know, throw man. that out there. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I was a kid. I wanted to go see this movie, and I remember it being good. Um, but I've heard many times since then that it's not good. You know what movie does hold up? What? It's Good Burger. I didn't watch that either. You never watched Good Burger? You've I feel like we tried to watch it stoned one time or something. You've Maybe. told me about this I movie. Definitely. I've never it. I'm always it afraid may, to rewatch it. It may so not I see in my mind it holds up really well because there's both the nostalgic aspect of it and also it's a funny movie. I'm not sure if it's gonna hold up the same if you don't have the nostalgic factor. All right, so John's f- finally watching Hannibal, so you need to get your shit together. Yeah, you're right. I'm, do, I just started watching Taskmaster. Yeah, I should watch Hannibal. Do, do you have any go-to comfort movies? Sarah's real big. Like, Miyazaki is kind of our household, like, just comfort watches. Yeah. Um, movies, not really. I'll, what's Here's what's stupid, is I would rather put on a two-hour-long live stream that i've seen before to have playing in the background while i'm doing shit yeah then watch a a movie especially i mean new movies is different because then you active you want to be active and whatever but even with old movies like i put on um devil's rejects is probably my the one i usually would go to that's that's fun um but i 
I, I want to watch it when I put it on. So I can't, like, I'm not going to do other shit. I'm not, I don't know. It's not for comfort. It's for if I want to sit down and, and be entertained by this thing. Yeah. Man, the trash cats are really going to turn a corner when we start streaming. <laughs> right? I know it will happen. We just got to get to once, a certain Once level. we start getting paid. Yeah. Discord servers. I don't think we're ever going to get paid. <laughs> no, I don't, th- I, I don't think so either. <laughs> That's very much a joke. <laughs> We have we have one Patreon and it's my mom. <laughs> they do chores, so <laughs> clean the kitchen. Live, live stream me going down to her place and oh and my doing vacuuming the floor, <laughs> cleaning kitty litter. Uh yeah, let's let's end this one on a good note. What what do you what do you, what do we got going on, um, coming up? And what do you what do you got cool going on? Life well, of course, uh, Thanksgiving is um, tomorrow. What, if you're listening what are you to this, for? <laughs> um, I you know what I'm thankful for is uh, it's a the the new episode of Paul Bart Mall, Mall Cop coming out or not oh, Paul Bart Mall Cop? Um, Till death do us blart. Oh my god. I'm looking forward I've, to listening to that. I do want to give that a shot. It sounds so funny. It's, now's the time, man. Get caught up. You know what I'm thankful for? What? Jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Fucking got him. <laughs> I used to be so bitter. I'd never be thankful for anything. Now, I'm thankful for me. Um, <laughs> do you do uh, Thanksgiving with your family? Yeah. Do, you, do, they, do they insist on praying at the table? Oh, they pray at every meal. Oh, that's wild. I eat through it every time. I stare <laughs> at them. And often when they say, amen, I say, that was a great prayer, everybody. And my mom rolls her eyes and my dad holds in a little bit more anger. <laughs> my sister laughs and my brother just doesn't even acknowledge it anymore. <laughs> I normally joke through other people's prayers like a total asshole. Uh, I mean, I I gotta say, I would too. I can't. I can't. I can't even picture myself in that scenario. They're so sincere, though. That's the thing. Is like I honestly expecting that this year from my family. I usually don't go down to Cincinnati and do Thanksgiving with with family down there anymore. But I'm doing that this year, and I do expect someone to insist on a prayer being said. It's not bad. It's it, here's the thing, is so like most of the time, my parents they're just so sincere about it. I think it's stupid as fuck. I have so much. I really do feel like forcing your child to be engaged in a religion is a form of child abuse. Right? And maybe that's a privileged thing to say, but I I do strongly feel that way. Mm-hmm. And it's something I wish I could have more open conversations with them about, but it's just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Very annoying, but you know, normally I make a joke or something. But like, if a person's heart is in it, you got to give them like some. I know, I know you do. I'm just talking, yeah. thinking out loud. But some level of respect and like, fuck it. it. It's never that big of a deal. It's only a big deal if if you want it to be. You know, that's how. Yeah. Because it's often been a big deal for me, but now it's just like, oh, you guys are stupid. Whatever. Let's eat. Fuck this turkey. And turkey's Fuck disgusting. Turkey. <laughs> Dude, 
yeah, fuck? a Thanksgiving turkey. Uh, roasting a whole turkey is dumb. It's disgusting. It's the worst way to cook a turkey. It's like a fucking rubbery ham. Like, who the fuck <laughs> made this tradition, dude? Oh, my. Well, yeah, well, we, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Don't You can't talk shit on turkey. I'm for, talking shit on every turkey. I hate every... <laughs> I hate every fucking turkey God ever fucking made. You know, God's a fucking idiot because he made turkeys. What kind of a fucking idiot makes turkeys? They gobble, they look gross as shit, and their meat is rubber. Disgusting creature. So I think live turkeys actually look kind of cool. I think think they're cool looking birds. They're basically fat buzzards. But they're annoying as shit. That is true. (laughs) I don't need that. last thing i want in my life is some turkey squawking at me so just begging to be killed but like you don't get anything for killing them except shit rub rubber meat so so since this episode's okay. gonna air right before thanksgiving i want to put this out <laughs> don't roast the turkey whole okay either we divide it into parts yes you divide it into parts you get the breasts off and then you get the legs off and preferably you separate the the um, drums from the thighs and the wings, um, and you put those with the uh, the drums and the thighs. Well, you can put those with the breasts. So I usually do a roast on the breasts. Um, you know, you get all up underneath the skin, put some butter in there, put some uh, get like some chicken or turkey Skittles. base, and put it up like some bouillon, put it up underneath there with some herbs and shit, um, and then roast those. Um, and you can do that with the wings too. Um, and then you take the legs and you put them in like a slow cooker with like a, a nice brown, like either brown ale or a stout or something. And you cook that shit up with like onions and mushrooms and herbs and shit. Mm. That's the way to have turkey. And then you yeah. take that liquid and you make your gravy out of that. Mm. And then, you know what the last step is to set it off? Throw it in the trash. <laughs> you throw it in the trash and order Chinese food like a real American. <laughs> like a real American. <laughs> Oh god damn it. I, I do I do want to have one one day or one year I want to have um fast food Thanksgiving. No. Like like in <laughs> like in Talladega Nights. No. I can't do fast food. I used to. I used to they, they had the, the Taco trash. Bell and some Domino's and some KFC and oh, dude, that makes me feel so sick. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll do heroin, but I won't do it. Like, no fucking way. Give me a plate of pure dope. I'm good. Just I ain't put some, doing Taco just Bell lace, with Just dump. lace this Big Mac with heroin. <laughs> just. Honestly, I would like that. <laughs> chef's, got cool? chef's kiss. <laughs> kiss the butthole. That's, I don't know why chefs are always doing that. Uh, what, what do you got cool going on? You're coming. You're traveling. We yeah, might see I'm, each other. Yeah, We're gonna see wanna... each other soon. Either way, but you, you got anything cool going on this week before? Uh, I'm episode? hella focus mode. So getting so um, we're putting in some new shit at the restaurant or the the, the farmers market there. Um, we're doing some different food prep. So I'm doing that this week. Um, so I'm shit. focused on that, and then next week I'm laser focused on doing as much pre-prep for thanksgiving um so that when i get there i don't have to spend the entire day doing all the prep in the kitchen and then go home the next day basically 
Just grinding. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, good. Yeah. What What do we got? I'm kind of in a similar mode. I'm trying to, I got some art coming, but I've been in a similar work mode. I'm actually working overtime for some extra cash around the holidays. So. Hell yeah. Let's chill. Need all that money. Damn so right. So I can uh, torture myself like a Cenobite at a tattoo parlor. When, uh, what do we got? Coming up next, freestyle. Uh, Freestyles next, and then uh, we're talking about doing um, surrealism after that. Ooh, I just wanted to hear you say it. That's exciting. We're gonna we're gonna reinstall our uh, seven part series on surrealism, guys. We worked so hard. It was the perfect episode. If you hate our redo of it, just think about how great the original. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do do that with all of our episodes, actually. Yeah, we're we're pretty cool. pretty cool if you hate if you don't like anything that we say or anything that we 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 make just think of how cool it could have been and think like oh maybe it was maybe their original one was that good yeah we don't we don't like us that much either (laughs) (laughs) it's okay i i Uh, so i don't think we like each other we don't like ourselves individually but i think this podcast i love the podcast fuck yeah dude it's fun as shit um Second, that, that, that it for us? Yeah. Uh. I, think, I just wanted to keep t- – I previously wanted to keep talking because I, I enjoyed this. Mm. Now I'm over with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm over with it. Uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. Thank you to Approaching Human for the use of his music. You can find his work on SoundCloud at Approaching-Human. Thanks, John. I will say he's got a secondary account I will share next time where he's making music every day now. Oh, shit. Big switch. Uh, You know, most of it is like the rough stuff, you know, just making a quick beat, but it's uh, uh, Live Life 365, kind of like Beeble style, where you you make something every day. And that's, I'm not finishing something every day, but that's, that's the mindset I've had for a long time and i'm keeping it where even if i'm not finishing something just a little bit every day and he's doing that and that's a that's a game changer for him very excited to hear much more of his stuff so fuck yeah we'll be we'll be playing stuff get on it john looking forward to it fuck yeah uh make sure to check out the show page here at uh trash cats trash cast on instagram for news and arts from the show uh check out facebook for the memes for the memes, if you're super bored, you have to be so bored. You can check out my trashy art on Instagram at SkyZix, S-K-Y-Z-I-C-X. Got some new stuff coming. Uh, shouts out to Chris Kulski. That's his name, right? Chris Kukski. What a, this, check out this dude's sculpture. He's been around for a long time, but it's just so beautiful. Just such cool worlds and shrines. I would love to have his work hanging somewhere in my apartment right it would look so good on some of those new fresh painted walls fuck yeah check him out uh check out ah fuck the name of the sculpture was uh can't help myself what was it uh the bloody arm that cleans itself is titled can't help myself look up blood sculpture can't help myself by sung young and peng yu and lastly, give it a Google, the painting. I'm just making it suspenseful for you guys. Uh, Monastery Burial Ground Under Snow by artist Casper David Frederick. We'll be sharing those pieces and links to the artist on the pages. So 
make sure to check those out. And next Wednesday, our episode will be a freestyle followed by a look at surrealism art. So stay tuned. Fuck yeah. Uh, That's going to be all for us today. Stay classy. Eat trashy. Go fast, eat trash. Come around.